0: I definitely feel the goodness of God in this house this morning and the sweetness of his presence. Amen. Why do you turn to somebody and say he's good. He's not just good sometimes, he's good all the time. And where Jesus is, anything can happen. Does anybody here today need a miracle in your life? You need God to do a miracle in life. Raise your hand if you need God to do a miracle in your life. You know what I want to do right now? The miracle worker's in the house today. Leave your hand raised up right there. Matter of fact, why don't you just, if you're got you your hand, why don't you just stand up? Why don't you just stand up if you need a miracle today? You need a miracle today. Why not two or three people around these people that are standing just reach over and let's lay our hands on them and let's just believe God for a breakthrough miracle right now. Can we do that right now? Just two or three people just turn around to someone standing close to you. And let's just pray for a breakthrough miracle right now in their life. Father, we just believe in you for breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus. Your presence is so evident in this house. Your goodness and your mercy, God, is just so real in this place this morning. And we think about the goodness of God. And we think about you your going to the cross, Lord. We think about the stripes that you shared on your back, Lord Jesus, so that we could have this Beautiful gift of healing and miracles in our life. And this is the time for miracles, God. So we just believe you for it. We speak it over these people right now. In Jesus' name we pray. If you believe God wants to give you that miracle today, just say amen. Amen. Come on, agree with that. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Well, I'm glad to have my co-pilot with me today. This is my youngest daughter, Heidi, and, uh, <clears throat> and we're going to be doing a little uh, tag team preaching today, and she's going to start us off.
1: Welcome to our church service, The Thrill of Hope. Today, uh, I will be talking about the definition of hope. Uh, to find out the definition of hope, we, first we must ask the question, what is hope? In the Old Testament, there are two main words for hope in the Hebrew language. The first word is yakal, y- which means to wait for. The second word is kaval, the feeling of expectation when waiting. Kaval comes from the Hebrew word kav, which means cord. When a cord was pulled tight, it produced a state of tension until it broke and the tissue was released. So we know hope is waiting with tension. But what are we waiting for? In Isaiah 8:17, the prophet Isaiah says, At this moment, the Lord is hiding his face from Israel, so I will kavah for him. The hope Isaiah is referring to is the coming of Christ. This, hope, this uh, notion of hope is heard over 40 times in Psalms. Now that we know what hope is and what it's about, what gives us hope? To find the answer to this question, I read Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? This verse reminds us of God's love for us. He wants us to have hope through what he did years ago to be with us. So, to get hope, we must look back to when Jesus died on the cross so we could have hope one day, but so we could look back on that day when we can't find the courage to break through and have hope every day. He didn't just suffer more than any other man, so, we, so years later we sitting sit on our couch because life isn't going as we planned, no. He wants, he wants us to go out when life around us is chaos, and look back when He died on the cross, suffered more than any other man, so we could have hope today to help out a friend or a neighbor because their life might be not going so well either.
0: So beautiful. God, having no hope without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in the ordinances, that he might create for himself. One new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers or aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. there was this waiting time, this tension. There was a promise of a Messiah that would come. But in this waiting time, there was this tension, this moment of waiting for this hope to come to the world. And before Christ came, we were without hope. If we look back at the Old Testament, as you know, it's really the Old Testament's not an easy read. It's kind of like a bad movie in some places. I, I remember us working reading through the Old Testament with some folks that were new to the to the church and, and they were like, Man, the Old Testament's kind of rough. You know, there's all this war and killing and and sexual affairs and 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 just all kinds of craziness and nations against nations and people fighting and it was just war. But then, then the peace of God came through Jesus Christ. And it brought hope to our lives, and because we needed hope. Romans uh, 3 tells us that we were all sinned, and we've all come short of the glory of God, and we all need the hope of the Lord in our lives. There's not a person sitting here today that your life your life is complete without the hope of God. It's in Him that we really have hope. You know, we have a lot of things in this world. We're as, Especially as Americans, we have a lot of things around us that are you know, this afternoon, I'm, you can go, to a, you can go to out and you can go to all kinds of events and opportunities and expectations of things that, that have life in them. You can go to parties, you can go down to New Orleans, and you can have, see the lights and the, all the fun things you could do. But, in the, but when all that's over, it's over. It's just for the moment. And it's like the Christmas season. It's here for a little while, then it's gone. But when we talk about the hope of the Lord, it's every day. And it doesn't matter if we're going through good times or bad times or what our situation in life is. When we find the true living hope of God, it is sustainable and it keeps us through every day of our life. In Ephesians 2, the scripture refers to it had, we had hope without God. But when Jesus Christ came, he brought us near. He brought us near to him. His love brought us and it embraced us. It brought us near to his heart. And Jesus became... Our hope. But not only did he just become hope to the world, he is hope. I want you to say that with me this morning. Jesus is hope. Not the kind of hope that we have like I hope I win the lottery or I hope I get something for Christmas or I hope, you know, for those kind of things. We're talking about hope that sustains us. Hope that's certain. The hopes of this world are not certain, you know. There's no certainty in the hopes of this world. But when we hope in the Lord, it's a different kind of hope. It's a hope knowing that God will show up and he will come through. And he will be your light in your life. I love the story of the woman at the well. And all of you have heard the story, I'm sure, at some point in your life. But there was a Samaritan woman who came to the well, Jacob's well, in the middle of the day. And as she arrived at Jacob's well, Jesus was sitting at the well. And uh, Jesus spoke was speaking to this woman and she was just taken back that this Jew would be speaking to this Samaritan woman to begin with. And as he was speaking to her, uh, Jesus asked her for something to drink and she was like, why would you ask me for something to drink? And Jesus responded in John 4, he said, he said, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you would ask me for a drink and I would give it, give you living water. He said, if you only knew that the gift that I was bringing to you, you would be excited and anxious to receive this gift. But because she had no hope or up to this point, she just didn't know, what, what gift are you talking about? Because I, I don't understand this analogy because we're sending it a well and, and, and you don't even have anything to drink from. How are you going to drink from, from this well when you have nothing to dip with and the well is deep? And Jesus come back to her again. He said, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I will give, he will never thirst again. And the water that I give him will become to him a spring of water welling up into eternal life. This well, this gift, this promise that he gave us said, it's not just going to be for today. It's going to be forever. It's going to be Forever. And this gift I give you is going to continue to spring up inside of your life and to feed your life day in, day out. It's the gift that really keeps on giving. And when Jesus came, they did not recognize who they were sitting with. Even his own country, they, were, they, they didn't honor him or didn't see him as, as the Christ, as the Savior. And so oftentimes Jesus walks into our midst and we don't even recognize what great hope or opportunity we have. And so we lean on other things. We go this way searching and we look this way trying to find help and we go here to try to make our lives better. And we find out at the end of all of those roads that we're still empty and undone and there's a big hole in our heart that needs to be filled. And even times we put on Christ for a moment we, take, we sit in his presence for a moment, but we don't see him and we don't experience him in a way that because we don't really understand how this is our great hope. But when we step into who he really is and we understand who, what he really wants to, how he really wants to reveal himself to us, everything changes in our life. We no longer look for the things of this world to satisfy us or to or to help us, but we look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And the Christmas story is a greater story than just a baby in a manger. I love the story, by the way. I think it's a great story that this, that this young lady gave herself over to the work of the Holy Spirit and was, allow, was allowed to be pregnant and, and had this baby, and, and, and then she brought this Jesus into the world. It's a great story of of the manger. It's a great story, but the story does not end there. The story is eternal, and it goes on through our lives. And when we recognize this Jesus is more than just a Christmas story, well, he is the Savior of the world. And this Jesus is in our lives, and he's present. He's drawing us near to him, and he's calling us to him. I spoke last week and I said Jesus spoke the words that I you didn't choose me, but I chose you. I want you to know today that you're chosen by God. He's already marked your life. He's already put a mark on you before the world was ever framed. He already said, Hey, I'm crazy in love with you. You're marked. He loves you, he cares about you. But there comes a time in our lives where we have to say, Jesus, I want to invite you into my life. I want it to be more than a Christmas story. But I want you to be my Lord, my Savior, my hope, my peace, my joy. Paul describes Jesus as our hope in Timothy and our blessed hope in Titus. But Jesus is not just the hope, but he is hope complete. Everything is in Christ. And there's nothing, nothing in this world that can stop him from loving us. 1 Peter 1 and 3 says, Blessed be the God, our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have received today this living hope in Jesus Christ. And we get to experience the very gift of God that continues to give. And we understand that God has forgiven us. And now we have peace. We have joy. And we have hope everlasting. Because he loves us with this incredible, amazing love. That's the Christmas story. That God so loved the world that he gave his son a gift. How many likes to receive a gift? I love gifts, I love Christmas time, I love to give gifts, I love to receive gifts. You know what my favorite gift to get is? Little small gifts in little envelopes. You know when you was a kid, you'd like to get those big gifts? You'd want the, who, who got the biggest box and you'd shake it? But when you get to be a big kid, you want the little small <laughs> gifts that are in the little boxes. I don't even need to explain that. You know what I'm talking about. But there's no greater gift than the gift of God and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And today we, we just get to receive. When I was, a, when I was a, a children's pastor, I'd always tell children this when they would come up for prayer. I said, the Lord wants to give you a gift. And that gift... Is a promise to you. You don't have to beg for it. You know, how silly would it be if you was about to receive a gift for Christmas and your parent or your friend or your husband or wife or whoever they might be brought you that gift and then they just held on to the gift and they made you get down on your knees and beg for your gift? That wouldn't feel like a gift anymore, right? It was like, I just beg, please give me the gift. And oftentimes, that's how we come to Jesus with a mentality that we have to beg for his goodness or we have to beg for his mercy because we feel like we're so rotten we don't deserve it. But you know what? This gift that he gives is not conditioned by our, our goodness because our goodness doesn't even matter. This gift that he has for us is because of his goodness and because of his greatness. And he loves us even when we're a mess. He cares about us even when we have it done right. I know we've seen this song. You better watch out. You better not pout. You better not, whatever, Santa Claus is coming to town, so you better be good. Or you're not going to get any Christmas presents. Parents, don't ever tell your kids that because you know you're lying. You better be good. You're not going to get any Christmas presents. God comes with us a gift, and he says, when you get to be good, I'm going to give you this present. No. He says, because I love you, because I care about you, I'm going to give you this gift of hope. I'm going to give you this gift of peace. I'm going to give you this gift of joy just because I love you. Just because I love you. And so I don't have to beg for it. I just have to receive it. I just have to receive it. And I don't know. I just, I love this little story of when we get to heaven, there's probably going to be a whole room with gifts all in it that have our name on it but because we, we didn't ask, we didn't receive because we wasn't ready. We, we, just, we just didn't feel like we deserved them. I think God not has just one gift, but he has many gifts for our life, many blessings for our life. And so we step into hope this morning so that we can continue to receive and continue to receive all the goodness of God that he has for you. I want you to know this this morning. He loves you. And he wants to give you the greatest gift of all, and that's him. Amen. That's Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's the greatest gift of all. It's the greatest gift you could receive anywhere, any place, anytime. Could you stand with me this morning?